thank you for just speaking that over us, Lord, that you can't keep your eyes off of us. Lord, we're saying we can't keep our eyes off of you, but I'm hearing I can't keep my eyes off of you. Lord, it is so your desire to be so close and so intimate with us. And you're so looking forward to where there won't be a veil. There won't be any distance. We will be able to touch, see, experience. And we have, a, we have that ability to, to be with you through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. We wouldn't even have these encounters without him. But Lord, we're also looking forward to today when we'll be seated together around the table. Looking forward to that day where all the questions will be answered. All the fears will be gone. All the sickness and disease will be gone. No more death. What a day. We thank you, Jesus, that you've given us that picture here and now. And we do take and receive of it. There's no fear in your, in your, as we keep our eyes on you, you're in perfect peace. And we know that we're loved. And your word says that perfect love casts out all fear. Lord, we just focus on you today. And even during this time of the message, Lord, bless it, anoint my words. Your words are anointed. Anoint me today as I deliver your message. Lord, prepare the hearers. Prepare the soil. Every argument, every every distraction, go. Peace, come. Rest, come. Joy, come. Love, I want to give a little plug. Um, you did hear that the men, the books are out there. Um, make sure when you pick it up that you read the first chapter this week, because when we come to meet, we're going to discuss it. So read the introduction. There's um, QRC little things at the front of the chapters. You can scan with your phone. If you don't know how to do that, you can go on YouTube and uh, look up the first chapter's introduction. If you don't know how to do that, just read it. How's that? All right? And we'll see you Wednesday. All right. If you have your Bible, let's open it to chapter 16 of the book of John. And we did complete this week in the first service our message in, on the spirit of truth. So next week, well, next week, the, I think the youth are coming back from camp. We're going to have our installation service. No, not next week. Huh? Oh, yeah, in two weeks. My bad. That will not be um, the gifts of the Spirit that day. But we'll do an introduction probably next week on the, the Karis gifts. And I know we've been talking about that. Uh, we went through the, the gifts that Jesus gave to the church, the fivefold ministry gifts. And now we're going to start going through the gifts of the Spirit, the Karis gifts that um, Paul teaches in Corinthians. And uh, before we did that, though, I wanted to, to really give a foundation of the spirit of truth and his role that Jesus um, said and the things that he would do. So we're wrapping that up today. So we're just going to read 
um, for sake of time, um, out of John 16, verse 13 through 15. And he says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Now, how many of you last week got led into truth? Not just brought to it, but you actually, he brought you into it. I know I did. And he's still doing it. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Now, Jesus did the same thing. He, he spoke what he heard the Father say. He did what he saw the Father do. So the Holy Spirit is doing that. And Jesus is speaking. He said, he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So when he speaks, he's declaring the truth that's coming from Christ. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So he's speaking that to us. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you for your word. Now, we're going to look at three different ways that the spirit of truth guides us and teaches us today. Three ways. Now, there's more than these three, but I'm just going to look at these three um, for the sake of time, and we could be, I could be teaching for the next five years on how the Spirit teaches us and leads us and guides us and all the things that He does. But I want us to just focus on the first one is this. He first guides us into all truth by suggesting it. I call the Holy Spirit sometimes the great suggester. How many have ever been suggested truth by the Holy Spirit? You, you, you will have suggestions, and it's a beautiful thing. It's not... It's not pounding you down. It's not enforcing. It's not driving. It's not manipulating. It's suggesting. And he is an awesome suggester. Sometimes it sounds, you know, this would probably be a better option. You know, there's another way to do that. How many have been working on something other? And you're just wrestling with it. And you hear the suggestion, and sometimes you listen and sometimes you don't. And, and he is so good that he will continue to suggest. And he'll come back and let you wrestle and say, you know, there's a better way. He does this all the time. He suggests things to us. He's speaking to us. And they're not just little things. They're things that are coming and that were spoken from Christ. They're powerful. They're true. They have authority behind them. And they're being suggested to us. The spirit of truth speaks. He declares. And he suggests all the time. How many have, how many have been benefited from those suggestions? Like, I mean, you, you'll, you'll be just like, all of a sudden this thing will just come and it just it's there and you go whoa I know that wasn't for me right and I do that all the time I'm ministering all the things just like this thing popped into my mind the Holy Spirit suggested it and I ran with it very quickly this morning in the first service and I'm like got done I was like wow that was awesome like that wasn't me he suggested an idea and then just and then he continued on these operations he guided me and then he enlightens he suggests he guides and he enlightens so 
He will suggest things to us. And they're from heaven. He will suggest heavenly things, supernatural things, things that did not birth in men or women. It's a beautiful thing. Now, in some of those guiding us and suggestings and um, highlightings, he did that this week. Now, <coughs> you've heard me say I've had a few points three weeks ago or so on this topic. Now, I had the message for the first part worked out, but I didn't have the second, the third, and the fourth. Like, I have a, a, a direction, like, this is what you're going to minister on, but not the, the meat, if that makes sense. So this week, I started working out the meat and, and tweaking some stuff. And then Thursday or Wednesday night, I heard the Spirit's voice. And he didn't give me a big, long thing. He just said, agreement. And it just was there. And I thought, that's a good word. And I continued about my thoughts or whatever else I was thinking. And it came again. Agreement. Now, I don't know if it was the second or the fourth. But I finally did pick up on, oh, you're actually wanting me to do something with that. So I said, all right, well, I'll do something with that tomorrow when I go in the office, and I'll start looking at that. Now, it was, it was late, and I was cool, and, I, and then I, I was smart enough after a while to say, like, well, Lord, what would, be, what would be a good verse? Or what would be something, like if you're saying something, then what, what do you have for that? Like, what, point me in a direction. Ding. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Oh. I've realized very suddenly I have a lot more work to do. I'm going to be busy Thursday. <laughs> and chewing on things and having things revealed. Amen? So he will do that. Thank God for that. Amen? Now, so we know through that that the Holy Spirit, who is a spirit, and he's holy. I went to a lot of education to figure that out. No, just kidding. But he is holy, and he's a spirit. And he speaks. Right? So we know spirits can speak. Spirits do speak. And they speak to us where? So, both good and evil spirits speak. And we have held conversations, both with the Holy Spirit and unholy spirits. Or we could say the demonic realm, however you want to put that. We have debated. We have listened to had conversations. Some of us have had <coughs> what I call, just, that's a strange thought. Anyone ever have that? Just this thing just comes into your mind, this thought. And you're like, well, that's weird. That's, that, should be, that should trigger our attention. It doesn't trigger our attention very often. We just kind of go, oh, whatever. And you'll hear me say, like, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't, right? Like, now, that's my thought. But sometimes things will come in, and I'm like, that's not, that's not the Holy Spirit. That, I'm not owning that. 
what was that? Well, that only leaves one option. Sometimes we have these thoughts and we're like, what was that? Like, where's this coming from? Sometimes we'll have temptations that are not just a natural temptation. I told the first service, we had these, uh, we've got a dwarf um, peach and apricot tree in our backyard. Well, the peach tree is putting peaches off. Yay. And I went and picked a bunch of them and was like, hey, a peach pie would be really good. Jenny makes really good pies. So, so Jenny made peach pie. So I had a piece of peach pie last night. Well, this morning when I got up and got my coffee and was to sit with, I had this temptation to have a piece of pie with my coffee. <coughs> that wasn't demonic. <laughs> that was my flesh. So, so I need you to follow with me through my conversation and our teaching today. There's three sources of thoughts. We have our own thoughts. We have our own just, we have temptations that are just natural to everybody. We have the Holy Spirit who will never tempt us, so we can always take that equation out. But he will speak to us, but, but we have to discern. What was that? No, I didn't give that too much thought, and I didn't have to rebuke hell and, and go into spiritual warfare over wanting a piece of pie. Sometimes we re- these instant in- insinuations pop in and they come into our life, into our mind, into our soul realm, right? Our mind, our will, our emotions. Have you ever had your mind kind of messed with in a way that you, it, was, it was being manipulated? It was being driven. How about your will? Have you ever felt that you know it wasn't your, in your, the Holy Spirit inside of you, your natural will, like this wasn't my will, but I'm feeling like driven to do something. Feeling like I don't, and some people say, I don't have control. Red flag. The Holy, if you're, if you're under control of the Holy Spirit, that won't be happening, right? So that means if you're, if you're saying like, I don't feel like I'm in control, like you're probably not. You're probably being driven or you're probably being manipulated. Does that make sense? Now, some of you are going, but Pastor Steve, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I know that. That's who I'm talking to. And that's who the scriptures we're going to read were for, Christians. This, what I'm talking about today is, is, is what's called spiritual warfare. And it's not just like we've got to go get the superhero Christians. We've got to get those that have, we're getting into the gifts, those who have this amazing gift of deliverance. That's not in there as one of the supernatural gifts that are like only some people get. All of us have been called to spiritual warfare. All of us, and I know that because all of us have been given armor for the battle. Amen? Every single one of us have to put on the armor of God. Every one of us have to know that we are in a fight. And it's not a battle of flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. And it, is, it takes place and it's real and it happens here. So we have all been in that place. And those, I want to say, hear me, church, these voices, these things, are, they're demonic. They're not coming down from heaven like the Holy Spirit. They're coming from the pit. So we must identify that. How, how many of you think it's important to identify who's speaking? And I, I feel like a lot of times, even in my own life, I'm not paying attention to that. I'm hearing things, 
And if I don't identify, where is this coming from? And I'm not tuned in, like, purposely in the morning and throughout the day, keeping checked into the Holy Spirit. And when I do that, it's really easy to identify, like, oh, that was that. Like, but there's times that it's not as easy. So we got to identify that. We got to look. So that's what I want to do today is, is help you. And there's, believe me, there's going to be some good spots. We're going to go through this one area of like how to deal with the demonic, and then we're going to get to the good of just what the Holy Spirit's doing and our, the good side of it, okay? But we got to address this. James 4, 7 says this, therefore, circle this word in your Bible, submit. This is like a, <laughs> the most Christians, they hate this word. <laughs> it's Submit. But if you don't submit to God, you'll never resist the devil. I'm just telling you, like, I, I've tried it. <laughs> I tried it for a long time. I, I did not want to tap. The Lord, like, was, like, putting me in all these different situations, allowing all this stuff to happen. And he's like, just submit. And I was like, no, I'm not submitting. Submit. No. And all I was not resisting the devil. In order to resist the devil, you must submit. So you submit, because you're going to submit to somebody. So submit yourself. Not someone else. I'm submitting my spouse to the Lord. I submit them to the Lord so they'll resist the devil. And everything will be better in my marriage. Submit yourself to the Lord. Yourself. The Holy Spirit's not talking to me about other people submitting themselves. They have their own paraclete. He's talking to us. Submit yourself to the Lord. Resist the devil. Not someone else resists the devil for you. You see, you hear me say this a lot. I don't have a cape. I'm not super Pastor Steve. I'm just Pastor Steve. And I can't save all of you. Now, I will come alongside of you, and I will fight with you. Don't think I won't. But I can't be with you 24-7. So I need to teach you and equip you so that you will submit yourself to the Lord, and you will resist the devil yourself. Because if you will do that, he will flee from you. Are you with me? Like, that is a very crucial thing that we need to understand. You are in a battle. You have been given spiritual gifts, spiritual weaponry, and authority. And if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, power. Authority comes in, in, the, in who you are in Christ, in the name. He gave us his name, which is his authority. He said, use this, authority. But when you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues is how you know you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. You have been empowered, and you have a prayer language that edifies yourself and builds yourself up in your most holy faith for your warfare. You have authority as a believer, but then you have power. And that's good. And you need it because you have an adversary. And he comes as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
So submit to God and submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he will, not he might. Right now, even people are thinking, yeah, well, I've tried that. No, he will. You've got, this is the truth. He will. If he's not, then you might not be submitted yourself to the Lord. You might not be resisting the devil. Are you with me? Because these, this is true. We submit ourselves to the Lord. We resist the devil. He will flee. And I'm going to help you with that today. Now, here's where you're going to go. This sounds crazy. Some of you won't. You're like, I've been doing this for years. You can talk back to demons trying to assault you from the outside. Yes, I encourage it. It's called spiritual warfare. If you're not talking to the demonic realm that's trying to, that, that is talking to you, just like the Holy Spirit talks to you, you are not partaking in spiritual warfare. If you're just saying, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me, Pastor? I'm feeling like I'm being attacked. No kidding you're being attacked. We're all being attacked. We're all being assaulted. We're all being lied to. We're all being manipul- trying to be manipulated. We're all trying, the enemy's trying to get a foothold and a stranglehold in our life. And yes, I'll pray for you. But I'm asking you, have you submitted yourself to the Lord? Are you resisting the devil? So you can, you can speak. They will speak to your mind. And, and if, you're, if you're wondering about this, I'm going to help you figure this out. You ever heard this? You know, so-and-so really doesn't like you. They really don't like you. They think you're ugly. They don't think you look good. You know, you know they, they don't really respect you. You know, they don't really love you. If they really loved you. Those voices sounded familiar? If you allow these voices, it, they will go to this level. It, it, will, it, it doesn't get better. It, it grows to this. You know, everyone else would probably be better without you. You ever heard that voice? You know, you can end all the pain now. It'll all go away. You see, it starts off with, I don't even think they really like you. He's speaking. And the avenue and the areas that, that we give in the word is agreement to. The word that he is speaking to me. Agree. Agree. If we allow those voices and then we don't identify them and cast them down, which we're going to look at, how do we do that? But we listen to those and we agree. We have opened the door. You see, the enemy works on territory and authority. He understands it very well. And he is a trespasser. He is a trespasser. If you allow the trespasser in, 
he will come there. And he will even come in sometimes when he's not allowed. You could put, like, hey, I have a sign. I got a blood of Christ on my, it says no trespassing. He's like, hey, is it really me? He can get us to get doubt in our hearts, agreement in an area of untruth. We have opened the door. And it's not always the one that we think is the entrance in. He'll take any entrance in so that he can trespass into areas. And he's trespassing. But we, he can't just show up and take over. You have to agree and open a door. Amen? Now, when he shows up looking like the devil, and he's like, hey, just wondering, like, I got really nothing else to do. You got anything else to do? I'd like to come in and destroy your life. Can I come in? You know, I got a half hour. No, we don't do that. So he doesn't come that way. But he does this. You see, he is a master of seeing what works. He, he, he was with God. He's in heaven. He knows how God works. He knows the word really well. So he knows that Jesus has given us the ability to go and take good words and the truth and sow seed. We sow seed. We take the gospel, the good news, and we sow seed. And if that seed lands in good soil, you know what it'll do? So what good soil would be would be agreement. Right? When we, good soil is agreement. So that, that good word, because the word's good, when it comes from Jesus, and it lands in good soil, that means, that means your heart is in agreement. It will produce. So Satan will come, and, and I think, like, when I sow seed, I used to be, like, because I would be very careful, like, well, I don't want to throw the seed over here because that could be hard, and, well, there's some weeds over there. So Then we get real stingy. No, we're supposed to take the seed and, like, I'm throwing seed, man. I'm scattering good seed. Let it go. It's, some of it's going to land on good. Like, that ain't to me. Some of it, the, seed, the cares of the world, are, I don't know. Birds are going to get some. I don't know. I'm scattering seed. That's what a good farmer does. Get the seed out. That's what Satan does with bad seed. He's looking for agreement so that it will produce fruit, but not of the spirit, of death. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's what he does over and over. So that fruit will be loss, taken from, and death destruction and he he is okay if it starts with you because he knows it won't end there so he takes and plants seeds goes and scatters seeds of suspicion i wonder if they really do like me i wonder if they really do love me i wonder if they really do respect me oh he's He's like, oh, they're biting. I found some soil. So he's firing those darts. Right? They're, the demon, demonic world, they're not like, like pinpointing like, oh, they're, they're just launching stuff. Now, they are wise enough. They have, they have been on this earth a long time. They've been watching people fall and fail in areas over and over. They've watched the areas of your life, so they know the stuff that sticks. So they will bombard that area. But they're not like snipers. Like, they're not that good. They're just like, just 
launch stop. Hey, that's stuck. Great. Get some more of those ones. So now there's seeds of suspicion that have taken root. Doubt. Doubting the truth. Doubting God. Doubting people. And then fear. Oh, the seeds of fear sprout. And it's a sneaky one. And we like to use, use well, God, we, you know, we should use wisdom, Pastor. Fear and wisdom are not the same. Don't be confused. Wisdom is listening to God. Now, the fear of the Lord, of who? Of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's just the beginning, though. There's more. But nowhere along the way is it wisdom to fear the enemy or to fear death or to fear anything that he has to do. That's not wisdom. That's foolish. And then we have mistrust. We don't trust people. We don't trust God. We doubt the truth because we have listened and came into agreement with demonic But I'm a Christian. Yeah, you are. And you've opened the door to be deceived. You've opened the door to, to agreement with the pit of hell, the lies that came from there. Does that, does that sound like, yay? No, it's pretty heavy, right? Now, what do we do with that? Well, you need to learn to discern who is speaking. And thank God we're going to be going into the gifts of the Spirit. There is the discerning of spirits as a gift. But he has given each one of us, like the Holy Spirit, and we have this word, and it's beautiful, so we can know the truth. And we can take everything, take every thought captive and make it submit and put it in protective custody. I don't know where this thought came from yet. I'm putting it in protective custody until I figure it out. Who are you tied to? I'm going to interrogate this thing. Where'd you come from? I don't know you. Where'd you come from? Are we doing that? How many? How, don't raise your hands, but how many say, yeah, I'm doing that on a regular basis? So that's why we're talking about that today. Agreement. The spirit of truth is either speaking to us, the spirit of truth, or the spirits of the demonic, the spirit of lies. So, so what do we do with that information? Well, we don't have agreement. We make sure we have no agreement. No agreement with the lies or words that come from demons. That sounds pretty simple, right? We need to make sure we don't have agreement, break agreement. And I was thinking about that and looking at the word agreement as I was going on, and I, I saw all kinds of different definitions. But this is, the, this is, to me, what speaks the loudest. In a very simple term, agreement is unity. Think about it. It is. Agreement is unity. So if we listen to and open up the door, we are agreeing and then have unity with the demonic. You're like, whoa. This is getting deep. Yeah. Agreement 
is unity. So we don't agree. Amen? We don't agree. We don't have unity. Now, I want to show you the verse. This is the first verse that the Lord showed me when I said agreement, huh? Like, boom. Matthew 18, 19 and 20. This is Jesus' words. He says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. How powerful is agreement? It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered, that means unity, together in my name. Two or three are gathered together in my name. I am there in the midst of them. That's what agreement looks like. That's powerful. Satan is very aware of that. He is like, I need them to agree with me. So they'll be united with me, and they won't be united with him or with other brothers and sisters. Now, Amos 3.3 3 says this. This is such a, to me, it was a beautiful picture. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Can two walk together unless they're agreed? No. So that means if we agree, we allow that in, and then we don't disagree, we don't break unity with it, then we're walking with it together. You go, Pastor Steve, this is getting a little deep. Well, I'm going to hit a few more passages of Scripture to drive this point home so we can really clarify it and address it. And believe me, we're gonna, I'm going to show you what we do with it. Colossians 2, 6 through 10. And this is in the New Living Translation. He says, and now, just as what? As you accepted. You could say as you agreed. Just as you accepted. You accepted. Now, the cool thing here is there's, there's some doctrine going around that since Jesus did, and, and this is true, he did pay the price for, for, the, for the sins of the world, but that doesn't mean the world is all saved. There's people who are preaching that, and that's getting very popular, that everyone is going to be saved in the end. Jesus is going to come back even after you're dead and preach to people after they're dead, and they're going to, they're like, who can reject the love of God? Well, this is, this is not what this says. This says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. You see, he did do that for everybody, but we have to accept Christ as our Lord. We have to agree with him. We agree with him. We go, yes, I believe that is true. I agree. And then we come into unity. You with me? That's the process. If you don't agree with the gospel, you don't agree with the fact that I was a sinner and I needed a savior. I'm, I'm repentant. I've, God, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. Thank you. I receive what you've done for me. You're lost. You must, and he says, after you've accepted, not someone else, but you must continue to follow him. You know what that means? You are still agreed. You're still walking together, as it says in Amos. Then let your roots grow down into him. You must let your roots grow down. Let your lives be built on him. 
then your faith will grow strong in what? In the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Amen. Now look at verse 8. Don't let. You know what that means? That we would have to agree. Don't let anyone capture you. That means put you in bondage. Don't let, don't allow anyone to capture you with what? Empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and what? From the spiritual powers of this world. Of this world. Spiritual powers of this world is not the Holy Spirit. Rather than from Christ. So that means we have an agreement if we don't let, but we can let. So if we let someone capture us, we're in bondage with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than for Christ. We can do that. Now listen, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your what? Union with Christ, who is the head, I love this, of over every ruler and authority. He's the ruler over every head and authority. Now the word principalities means that there is authority. There's princes of this era. There's, that means they have authority, but it's limited. It's a limited authority. I know that because this tells me if we have you with Christ, who's the head over every ruler and every authority. You know what that means? Like if you get authority, Ryan, is, you're a, a sergeant? Corporal. Working on a sergeant? Okay. So an officer that works under Ryan, if, if he as the corporal tells him, hey, I need you to go over here to this and do such and such, they go do that. Now, if the sergeant comes along, and then says, hey, you know what? Actually, I don't know what you're doing over here, but I need you to go over here. Make sure you go get that vehicle, get this weapon. You know what they do? They, oh, okay. Now, if the lieutenant comes along, you see how that works? So just because there is authority, there is power that the enemy does have, it's limited. So he could say, hey, you know, I think you should, and you can very quickly go like, take a hike. I have a higher ranking authority. He has already said, that's what Jesus did. He pulled the authority card. He's like, but the word says. Now, he did have authority. He said, I'll give you the world. He could do that. But it's limited. The enemy's going to make it feel like when you pe he gets people so to a spot, you start believing the lie. You keep getting manipulated. You keep getting driven. It gets to a point where you don't have the power to resist the devil because you have opened the door and you have kept believing and you have put faith in those things instead of faith in the truth. And then you're deceived. And that can happen to Christians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Watch this. Look at how serious this is. Agreement. Verse 14 says, do not be what? Unequally yoked together. Don't be unequally yoked together with what? Unbelievers. Now look at the words that are used. Unequally yoked together. For what fellowship, that would mean agreement, has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion, that's 
unity, agreement. What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial or Belial? However you want to say that. I'll tell you what it means. Worthless Satan. That's a cool word. It's like one of those words like you'll hear like, well, he was a dirty old man. It's, that's what it means. It's worthless Satan. What fellowship, what accord has Christ with worthless Satan? None. Then he goes on. What part has a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you, now listen, he makes it, now it goes personal, very personal. For you are the temple of the living God. That rocks me. Like we say it and we're very familiar, but, but when you, like when we remember reading through uh, the Pentateuch, the first five books, the Torah, you're reading about the ark, you're reading about the presence of God and what they do in the temple, the, the, how holy, it, and it's like unclean, 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 unclean. Don't touch that, that's unclean. It's a, remember? You are the temple of the living God. What? That is awesome. You know what that means? He means he wants to have all of us. He wants to be yoked with you. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to have communion with you. He wants to have accord with you. He wants to be a part of you and have agreement. That he would literally dwell with you. We are the temple. Listen to what he says. He goes on, he says, I will dwell in them and walk among them. Woo, I like that. Isn't that what the spirit of truth does? He dwells in us and he comes alongside of us. Like he says, I will do that with them. I will be their God. They will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters. See that again? Remember, he gave us the opportunity to become children of God. Innocent and free. You'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. Now I'm going to teach you a little bit about how do we combat the enemy and the demonic realm speaking to us. How do we do that? How do we do it? Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to talk back. You got to you got to talk back. You got to confront some things. And a lot of people, we, I don't like confrontation. Well, you better get you get better get to liking it. You better start confronting when the enemy comes speaking to you. When he comes knocking on the door, you have a confrontation to deal with. And this one you don't have to be nice to. You don't have to go listen to uh, Danny Silk teach on how to confront things and like with people he does a really good job by the way like awesome teacher but like i don't have to take any of that stuff when i'm dealing with the demonic i can be rude i can be just totally like dude you're a liar like that's a really good way right off the start i don't know about you but in the natural when people call me liars i'm not happy like if you seriously like if you want to send me to like next level like i'm ready to fight i'm just saying like you do that and it's Holy Spirit, where are you at? 
Seriously, you better come quick. So when the enemy comes, like, you've got to be like, hey, you're a liar. Right off the bat, confront that. Did I skip a step? No. That's a good spot. You got to talk back. Let him know he's a liar. And then don't agree with it. You're a liar. I don't agree. I reject that. I reject that thought. I reject that word. Now, you can do that. Now, you can, you can even do that sometimes when, the, when that demonic influence is speaking through people. And I've done that from the demonic influence even speaking through Christians. You're like, what? You see, we all have the ability to listen to voices. And if you're not good at discerning what is being said and who is speaking, you can be influenced to speak, and I have a gift. I can speak. Well, what if I've been influenced, and I'm speaking under a different influence? Because it could just be my flesh, it could be what the Holy Spirit has given me, or it could be demonically inspired. Let's get real. So I can come, and I've had this happen. I'm not going to put names out there, but I had someone come at one of the most pivotal points in my walk with the Lord probably ever as a pastor with the stuff going on, hitting the fan through COVID. And, and my heart was about as open before the Lord and, and honesty of God, I'll do whatever you want. And it was like, I w- it was being tested. And I would cash in my chips like, Lord, I'm all in with you, whatever you want. And I had a good meaning person come and say, I have a word for you. I said, okay. Yeah, I feel the Lord gave me a word for you. Okay. You've left your first love. Now, I listened for a second because I needed to hear, okay, if you got a word for me, but the spirit inside of me said, don't receive that. And I instantly said, I don't receive that. You know what? He knew, don't let that in. If you let that in, it's going to mess with you. It's going to bombard you. It's going to accomplish the purpose that it was sent for. So don't let it in. And I said, I don't receive it. I basically said, that's a lie. Now, I didn't tell the person that because I w- it's, it's, it wasn't the person, it's the spirit behind it. I didn't go around, like we didn't get in a fight. I just said, I don't receive that. And guess what? Everything that comes out of your mouth isn't inspired by the Holy Spirit all the time. So we better, even in the church, spirit of truth. Like I've been given words of prophet- prophecy, I had people prophesy over me before, and I said, something inside, and this was a person that I had like a lot of trust for, and something inside was like, that was a little, they're saying like, you're, you know, I'm just feeling you're not close to the Lord, like you need to be closer, blah, 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 and they didn't know, I'd been fasting, I'm like, I don't even know how to get closer, like, how do I get closer right now, so that wasn't too hard, but I still was like, Lord, like, it's like, no, I was like, thank you. Now, thank God, there's been great prophetic words. I'm not, and they edify and build up, and they, yes, but every once in a while, you have people who are people. They're not perfect. Maybe they didn't hear right. Maybe it was just them. Maybe it was a thought that was not placed by the Holy Spirit. So just because you have a prophetic word or you hear something doesn't mean it was inspired. So then you've got to submit that to the Lord. Identify, is this true? Is this Amen? I'm not trying to bring confusion. I'm honestly bringing the light so we can discern. Amen? So, 
You must respond, talk back to the demon like you're a, you're a liar. I reject that thought about that person or myself. So, oh, they don't think, oh, they're thinking. No, I reject that. I know who, that's my brother. My brother wouldn't think about that, like think about me that way. I used Jenny for the first service just because it was easier, right? Like, my wife loves me. What the heck? That's a crazy thought. I know my wife. She honors me. No, she doesn't even honor me. She's blah, blah, blah. If she really honors me. I can go to Camp Runamuck. Next year, well, I'm going to lay down the law. That's it. I'm going to get some R-E-S-P-E-C-T up in here. Y'all better respect my authority. I watched South Park before I was saved. Some of you are like, what's South Park? <laughs> Don't go check it out. You see what happens? We've all been to Camp, camp Runamuck at some point or another because we were listening and we allowed and opened the door to, and let's not patty cake it, it was a demonic. It wasn't just, oh, you know. No, that was demonic. It's going to cause division and cause separation and break unity and communion with the Lord and with others. That's not inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we address it, we confront it, we speak to it. We say, you're a liar. It's not the truth. You, you, um, and you say, I have the mind of Christ. My mind has been covered by the blood of the Lamb. I'm able to discern. I reject that. I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the helmet of salvation. So you confront that. You declare the truth. If you have a verse over that issue, then you speak that verse and you stand on that. That's called the sword of the Spirit. And then you command. You don't ask. You don't suggest. You command. Now get the heck out of my mind. You have no place here in the name of Jesus with authority. In who? In Jesus' name. Get out. You don't come back. Hit the road, Jack. Right? You don't talk nice. Well, you know, it's not really a good time, um, but check back in 20. You know, I might be feeling a little different. You know, I know, I know we've talked a lot in the past. No, like I'm not going to talk to someone who wants to come in to destroy my marriage, come in and, and rob my family, come in and take up residence in my home. Like when that dude comes knocking on the door, yeah, I got something for you. Like seriously, have you done this like with um, people of a different faith that go knocking on doors? No, thank you. Hey, we've got a great vacuum. It will, I've heard this bill before. No, thank you. What are we, we're rejecting that. I reject it. You guys ever read the screw tape letters? It kind of looks like this. Satan sends his little nymph to come mess with you. And he comes and submits his idea. And you go, self? That does not sound like the Holy Spirit. That isn't even something inside of me. What the heck? That's weird. Wait a minute. You're a liar. I reject that. Go back to the pit where you came from. 
goes back to the pit. What happened? They rejected it. What do you mean they rejected it? They rejected it. Well, why didn't you? They rejected it. Well, did you? They rejected it. We'll go back and try this. Okay. Oh, it's you again. I thought I told you. I mean, seriously, are you going to let someone come to your house, come in, and you know their full intention is to steal, kill, destroy, rape, and pillage? Or how about this? You come home, and there's some demon sitting in your chair, feet kicked up, got the remote, smoking a cigar. What the heck are you doing? Like, I had two cats one time break into my house. For real. Like, I lived by myself. I had, first they clawed at the brand new seat on my dirt bike. Then I came home, I worked nights, and the screen was off. I thought, dude, someone broke in my house. I said, I'm going in there, and like, it's on. I, I walk in my bedroom, and there's these two cats kicking it on my bed like it's cool. <laughs> they got evicted. I think the term of for you to be charged is up. <laughs> I don't go into all those details, but you're going to come home and just be like, oh, I'm not going to tell me. Like, no, you're going to be like, get the heck. What? Get the you're not going to be like, hey, are you comfortable? Oh, you know, you're right. That is a pretty comfortable seat. Oh, you're not going to be here long? Okay, well, would you like something to drink? Oh, let me go. Oh, you, you actually don't want me to live here anymore? You want to own? Oh, you want me to go out in the garage and live there? Are we serious? You must be getting good at, like, rejecting and telling you to hit the door. No vacancy. You see, they're looking for a place to dwell. That's what's happening. They're looking. Will you open the door? Can I come in? Can I stay? And you're like, I thought you said, but we're Christians. Yeah, you're a Christian. You're opening the door for your mind, your soul, will, and emotions. He can't come into your spirit. And he sure mess up here. And you're going to say, well, that's not possible. Then why is it happening? Your theology is wrong. Because everything I just said is happening all the time. Because you have the power and the authority to say, no, thank you. Hit the door. What are you doing here? You don't belong here. Get out. We don't talk nice to those things. And they will masquerade. Well, it's just this little thing. It's not a big. No, it's a big deal. It's called a demon. Holy Spirit, demons. Doctrines of demons. We don't agree. Like, we don't get along. We don't kick it. Right? We don't kick it. No. Good news. We also have good thoughts. In the middle of doing something and you can't even tell how it got there. You ever have that happen? You're like working on something, you're doing something, all of a sudden just 
That good thought comes. Where'd that come from? Well, it didn't come from the devil. Why did it come from you? There's times I'm just sitting there minding my own business and just this thought comes. Hey, you should call so-and-so. Hey, you should pray for so-and-so. Oh, no, Lord, is this, a, is this a demon trying to manipulate me to get me to pray? <laughs> you check that one off the box. No, not that. Do I just naturally just like, oh, I, look, I'm going to be real. I'm not that holy. I just naturally walk around. I just want to pray for every person I come in contact with. All I want to do. No? Sometimes. Most of the times, the Holy Spirit going, hey, I got a suggestion. Oh, okay. So he can do that. He can bring those thoughts in the middle of doing something else. And you can't really tell how did that get there. Thank God for that, right? You can be reading scripture and have a different passage. As you're reading scripture, have a different passage. Boink. Come to you. And you're like, wow. How did that happen? And you try to go past it. How, how many of like, I do this study sometimes. I'm like, I need to get there. I'm trying to go past it. And he just, you know, there's this other part. It's like over here. Like, yeah, I know, but I'm trying to go here. He'll let me go. You know, maybe I should go over there. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Come with me. And it's going to keep happening until we explore it, right? The Holy Spirit suggests he doesn't force. He doesn't force, like, I need you to get this. When you're feeling like this force and this pressure, it feels like you're being driven. That should be ding, 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 ding. Something's off. You feel like you're being manipulated. Ding, 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 ding. Something's off. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't drive, he doesn't force, and he doesn't manipulate. Those are demonic tactics. You hear me? He will guide, he will suggest, and he will, like, shine light. That's what he does. I got to hurry. We're going to get through this next one quick. He will also guide us by direction. It's like we have this personal GPS inside of us, this personal navigation. He will guide us, and he will speak to us. He doesn't drive us. He doesn't manipulate us. He suggests, and he directs. He will point the way. He points the way with our thoughts when we're thinking about the deep things. Watch this. I put. He can point the way with our thoughts when we're already thinking about the deep things and the sacred things of God, leading us into the right direction so we will discover all of the manna we would not have discovered otherwise. That basically says this. As we're already seeking him out and going in a direction, he will lead us into the depths. And watch. He is the one who inspired the word of God. He's the inspi inspirer. He's the author. So it's like as we're going along that path, he will point the way and go, oh, don't forget. Oh, you know, I dropped some treasure off over here. You were about to go past that. Why don't you come take a look at this? And you're like, oh, that was awesome. Oh, you know what? Now that you're over here, there's even some more treasure. Come check it out. Isn't that awesome? Like, if we're all wrapped up and listening to this other stuff, we don't get there. Because we're in Camp Rattamuck. And we're in the dark. And he's out in the light going like, come with me. 
How many think you've left some manna? The manna, the good, the bread that comes down from heaven. How many think you might have missed some? You might have left some. Maybe ask them. Hey, is this all there is? You got me here. Is there more? Because I get all excited. I'm like, woo! I found a little nugget. He's like, dude, we got a gold mine. Come over here. Oh, but this nugget's awesome. Let me go tell everybody about the nugget. Okay, that's cool. Maybe they'll come look for the mine. But I wanted to show you the gold mine. That was Holy Spirit. Thank you. Yeah, time's running. Last point. Possibly the best way the Spirit of Truth guides us is by illumination. Illumination. Now listen, the enemy of our soul, you like that? It just says it pretty plainly, don't it? The enemy of our soul wants us in the dark and hiding without knowledge. I had this picture of this, you know, child being afraid and in fear, curled up, curled up in a ball, tucked up in the dark, hiding without no knowledge or understanding of the power and who he has available to him. How many of you ever felt or have you ever seen or witnessed like someone literally frozen in fear? Frozen. Like that is what the enemy wants. He wants, he's not okay just with, no, he wants you to be frozen tucked up, curled up in a ball in the corner, in the dark, without understanding, without truth, without light, so that he can steal, kill, and destroy. That's why he, the Holy Spirit of truth comes and illuminates. You see, before you were saved, and I like, I like this, how about before you were enlightened? That's what happened. Like the lights went on, right? I was lost, I was in the dark, now I'm found, I'm in the light. I've been enlightened. Paul tells us to pray that the, the spirit of truth would open our eyes, enlighten our hearts, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. So he wants us enlightened. But how many of you, before you were saved, you'd read the Bible and you didn't understand it? Most of because you were in the dark. The Holy Spirit wasn't residing in you. He wasn't there to enlighten it. And I remember when I got saved in it was like, man, I started reading the Bible, and it's like, before I was like, yeah, it's hard to read. I don't really get it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I'm reading it, and I'm just, I'm like, wow, that's the truth. I just kept saying, man, that's the truth. Like, man, this is real. Like, what happened? The Holy Spirit was there enlightening them. And he doesn't just turn on a light, and then we're on our own. He just keeps going through, and as we're growing, turning the lights on, turning the lights on, turning the lights on. And you could even ask him, can you turn on the m more light? Oh, oh, I can. Are you ready? You might want to get some sunglasses. Don't look directly into the light. <laughs> when the spirit of truth came in, he illuminated the word. And now you can read and enjoy and discover the nuggets of treasure left by the Holy Spirit when it was being written. That is so awesome. And guess what? It'll be a never-ending journey. The Holy Spirit so illuminates the word like turning on the lights for us. Otherwise, we sit in the dark blind. 
monastery. How many have been there? In different areas, I'm just blind. I just didn't see it. I was sitting in the dark. No one had come along, and I, was, I didn't have anyone come and say, you know, you can go ask the Holy Spirit to turn the light on in that area. What? You mean I, I don't have to stay curled up in a ball? And like, no. Wow, that's understanding. You mean there's a light switch over there? Yeah, hit it, see what happens. always illuminates what he has inspired. You need to write that one down. Well, I don't know if this is from the Lord or not. I don't know. Guess what? If it's from the Lord, he will lighten it up. He will bring light on it. It won't be in the dark. Did he inspire that? Is, is this something from him? He'll enlighten it. He'll illuminate it. He will reveal to us all the hope of our destiny. This is what it said. It said, He will glorify me, for He will take what of mine is declared to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, He will take of mine and declare it to you. It says that he, he will speak and He will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. Aren't you glad? That means He will go before us and guide us suggest things before us. Hey, you know what? I was thinking it might be a good idea if we went over here. Hey, you know what? Some of you were guided and suggested by the Holy Spirit to come here. You're like, where did that come from? And then all of a sudden you start seeing these little things and there's like, oh, oh, that's weird. I keep hearing this. I see this everywhere I'm looking, right? That happens all kinds of different areas. He, he will go ahead of us and be like, hey, you know, like this might be a good spot. You might want to get on this road. And then he'll go ahead and kind of start like guiding, pointing. And he'll kind of take the light, shine it over there. I told the first service, this was something the Holy Spirit just dropped on me. I didn't, hadn't thought about it. But how many of you with your kids have given your kids Easter eggs? Easter comes and we do the Easter egg things and you set the Easter eggs out and they go looking for them, right? Now, I don't know about you, but it never fails. Like even sometimes when they're older, like, You'll put the Easter eggs out, and you'll set one, like, it, you could set it right here. Like, you could set the Easter egg right there, and they'll come along and be like. <laughs> Holy Spirit, just, hey, you know, I was thinking, you might want to go look around this first. Oh, Okay. know, I was kind of thinking, <laughs> guiding, oh, there's a candle over here, okay, I'm going to turn all the other lights off so this is lit. That's what he does. That's what he does. He doesn't tie you up. He doesn't shackle you, throw you in the back of the truck, make you, manipulate you. Now, he will suggest. He's a good suggester. He will guide. You're going off course. 
going off course. Make a left as soon as you can. Make a left. Oh no, slow down. He will illuminate. He has inspired. He will reveal to all of us. This is so cool. He will reveal to you the hope of your destiny. You wonder, man, God, what do you want? I don't know what's going on. I don't. He will suggest things for you, for your, for your destiny. He will guide you. He will highlight and lighten things for you so that you go and find that and discover it. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not for evil, to give you a what? A future and a hope. He's going to light that path. He's going to guide you on that because he knows the thoughts he has. He, he's not confused by anything that you've done. He's like, I know what I got for you. What do you think, guys? Do you think we have the ability to take the thoughts and the voices that are coming to us captive? Do you think we have the ability to identify who's speaking? Who is this? Like someone calls you on the phone. You're like, that don't sound right. Who is this? Oh, this is so-and-so. No, you're not. I know their voice. You're not so-and-so. No, I know them very well. Ring. Oh, I see that number. Reject. Yeah, lost the number. Like, we have that ability. So I just want to encourage you that as you listen to the voices, identify the voice. And you can get very good at doing that, even almost subliminally. Like, at first, I remember, um, I remember some different folks that have had some battles, like, oh my gosh, every time I turn around, the devil's speaking, he's saying things to me, and it's just that, like, well, so what? Yeah, but it just doesn't stop. Well, quit listening. But it doesn't stop. Well, just tell him to go. But I'm, you keep listening. And in your mind, you're thinking, he's bigger than God is. He's got you twisted, believing that it's never going to stop, that, oh, no, 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 don't, don't go there. Like, you have to get the truth. You must apply it. And guess what? Submit yourself to the Lord. Resist the devil, and he will flee. So you have to identify it. You have to go, and sometimes it's a fight for a while. It's going to be tested. So you go like, you know what? I actually believe there's demons that are wanting to take me out. And I'm not that special. He wants to take all of us out. Oh, the Lord has given us warfare tools. He's given us weaponry. So maybe I need to put on the helmet of my salvation so that when those voices are coming and the thoughts are coming, I'm covered by salvation so I can know, like, hey, I'm a son. I'm a daughter. Like, I don't know who you're talking to, but I know who I am. That ain't, that ain't for me. That's a lie. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. You know who I am? I'm the righteousness of God. Yeah, that's who I used to be, but that ain't who I am. And you take out the sword of the Spirit, and you go, I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Yeah, that's who I was, but that, I don't identify with him anymore. That's not who I am. So get the heck out of here. You put on the belt of truth that you can hang your sword on. You put on the shoes and you shod your feet with the gospel of peace 
and you plant yourself into the ground, and you lean in to that fight and to that battle, and you raise up your shield of faith that quenches every fiery dart of the enemy, and then you take your sword out, and you get to sticking, and then you take that ground, and then you help other people come into that area and get free. And then you help other people come who've been shot with the arrows and defeated in there. And you go back and you lift them up and you pluck the arrows out of them. And you apply the anointing of the word of God into them. And they get strong. And then you teach them how to put their shield up. And you teach them how to put on their helmet of salvation. And you teach them how to use the word of God. And then they go and help other people get free. And that starts here. This isn't a workout. This starts here in the church. we got to be a strong, healthy church, knowing who our enemy is and know the tactics of the enemy. So then we go outside and we set all kinds of people free. But you, can, you cannot fight a battle tucked up and curled up in a ball. You must understand that, yes, we have an adversary. And he's, his, his game plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not playing. It's not, it's not for just like, we're just going to play patty cake and everything. It's not a big deal. I don't know if you heard those, those verses. Don't be yoked together with any part of it. Don't have any agreement whatsoever because agreement means you're giving access. It means you're in union with it. Don't be un in union with darkness because if you're in union with darkness, you're opening up the door to evil and it plays for keeps. But we can open the door to the spirit of truth and you will come under the most the beautiful enlightenment and guiding in your life and, and truth that is going to establish you that you're solid in. Like, you have the spirit of truth. And he's been called alongside of you. And he goes before you. So that you're not alone. So that you're not defeated. Because he knows you have an adversary. More than you do sometimes. So I want to encourage you in that, that you can take a time and pray. And guess what? We're going to start going into the charis gifts of the Holy Spirit. Charis is grace gifts. Not because we've earned them. Not because I got my helmet on and I, I killed 30 demons and I helped five other people get free. Now I've earned my gift. No. It's grace gifts. Holy Spirit, come. Right now, Holy Spirit, help us identify the avenues and the doors in our heart and our minds that are open to the evil one. Put your finger on it. Your word says, no weapon formed against us will prosper. So we just speak to that area right now and say, you're a withering branch. You have no authority in my life. I break all agreement with the lies that you're speaking. And just do that. If there's something, I, you don't have to voice out, you can do it in your mind, but if there's something the Holy Spirit's put on, you confront it, you speak the truth, which might be if you're saying, I'm, you always feel like, oh, you're the least, you're, you, know, you're, you don't have any giftings. No, that's, that's a lie. Speak the truth. Thank you, God, that you have gifted me. Your word says so. Thank you that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you, God, that I'm the, I'm the head, not the tail. Thank you, Lord, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you, Lord, that I'm the apple of your eye. 
thank you that you've given me the ability to become sons and daughters, children of God. I know how much you love your children, so much so that if one, someone was to hinder and hurt one of your children, you said it would be better for them to tie a millstone around their neck and to be cast into the deep. Thank you, Lord, that I'm, I'm your son. And you apply the truth. And then you say, a devil or spirit, whatever you are, hit the road. Don't come back. I've been bought with a price. I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And I ain't falling for it ever again. If you come back, I'm going to slam the door in your face again. And next time you come back, I'm going to bring two more scriptures with me. You're going to get sick of hearing the truth. Oh, yeah, and by the way, thanks for making me stronger. What else you got? Submit yourself to the Lord. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. No, the truth is, everyone else isn't better without me. Everyone else will be way worse off if I'm not here. Thank you, Lord, that you love me and created me, and you have a purpose and a plan for my life so that I will be a blessing to others. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to snuff that out and bring even more pain and despair. Thank you, Lord. Satan, you're a liar. Go and don't come back. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for not just leading us to truth, but leading us into it. Lord, thank you that you are so much greater. You are the ultimate authority. And I thank you, Lord. We, we declare, and if you agree with this, just tell the Lord, Lord, there's no vacancy in me. I've given it all to you. Every area that I've allowed the enemy to come in and I've given him ground, I'm telling him you're not welcome. Go. I'm surrendering myself. I'm submitting myself to you in every area of my life. Lord, I'm giving you all. Have every part of me. And point your finger. Point it out. Any area that, that are still I'm allowing or I'm in agreement with, with the demonic realm, shine your light upon it. Bring me into the light. Guide me to the light. Guide me to the truth. Because I want to walk in step with you. I want to fulfill the plans that you have for me. Because I know they're a blessed future and hope. I don't want to miss any part of it. Thank you for not driving me and putting me in bondage and, and using fear to manipulate me. Thank you that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank you that you want me free. Thank you for your yoke being easy, your burden being light. stay around and, and pray if you need to for a while. Um, I'm going to dismiss the rest. Um, have a happy 4th of July. Celebrate your freedom. When you're lighting off those fireworks, it's not just we're not just celebrating the freedom that we have in America. Well, thank God for that. But celebrate the freedom that you have in Christ. Amen? Amen. You're dismissed.